Oh, baby, baby. Baby, baby. Oh, baby, baby. Baby. Get up on this. The newest episode of Attack of the Killer podcast where we're going to be talking about babies. That's right. It's wholesome, family-friendly episode of Attack of the Killer podcast. Attention, planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer What? Hello, and welcome to another potty-trained episode of <laughs> Attack of the Killer Podcast. This is our newborn episode 306, and that we are calling Oh Baby. That's not... You're making we, it way worse. <laughs> we, <laughs> we will be discussing movies about babies. Right. Oh, you know, just cute, adorable babies. Innocent. That new baby smell. The adorable little noises that they make. But it's not all snips and snails and puppy dog tails. Oh, no. The films we picked for this topic get dark. Very dark. Just wait and find out what happens to these little bastards. (laughs) Now, if this is your first time listening to the show, we're a horror movie podcast. We're a group of friends. We get together. We pick a topic. And we discuss films within that topic. We're just friends, hanging out, having a good time, so there's probably going to be spoilers. And that friend's part may not last after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Are you worried you're yes. going to piss us off? Oh, mm, I don't know. We'll talk. We'll get into it. All right. Now, if you like our show and... You- no, I don't care about you guys' opinions at all. <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay, keep going. <laughs> You care about our opinions pissing you off? Yes, always that. Oh, definitely geez. that. Oh, okay. So if you like our show, <laughs> we wish you would consider becoming an attacker. Now, an attacker are fans of the show that become part of the Attack of the Killer podcast family. If you go to jointheattackers.com, you can pick a tier that best suits you and donate to the show to keep it going and growing. Your support gets you access to all kinds of bonus content, such as bonus episodes, early access to our regular show. Uh, You can get your own membership card, certificate, and sticker. You can get original art by me. Uh, You even get invites to our monthly horror hangouts, watch parties, and our exclusive chat, Attack of the Killer Chat. There are so many more perks to becoming an attacker. You can even get shout-outs on the show and the website like these members of the Attack of the Killer podcast family. Yeah, like Timothy Lanerer, Robin Doppelfeld, Larry Watanabe, Brett Royer, Seth Key, Jessica Irish, Chris Cook, Brian Gunsel, Stefan Sinner, Brandy Moore, Andrew Moeller, Rod... Hutchinson, Carmen DeHaig, Abraham Moreno, Andrew Bentler, Casey Kellerman, Tony Miller, Mike Clayton, Rose Talashoma, Abe Kirshner, Lisa Cavalier, Holly Berg, Bill Fisher, Emily Randolph, Greg Diedrich, Dallas Paris, and guys, you can get on that list, that awesome list. It's so easy to get there. Just tell them how, Mike. By going to jointheattackers.com. And you go there, you pick the tier to get the content you desire, and you become an attacker. So again, that website is jointheattackers.com. And now it's time to introduce you to the podcast crew. He was there when his sister was going into labor when she started yelling words like, couldn't, shouldn't, wouldn't, didn't, can't, 
He told everyone she's having contractions. Tad, everybody. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, okay. Yeah. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. A friend asked him if she should have a baby after 40. He told her, no, 40 babies are more than enough. <laughs> Jason. I mean, both of those I knew were coming, but man, uh, the second one was pretty good. Thanks. I hey. thought maybe like a 40 ouncer. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, you guys are awesome. Yes, you are awesome. And speaking of awesome, here's Tad with What We Watched. What We Watched. Welcome to What We Watched, a new segment sponsored by Letterboxd. Uh, <laughs> Why, Tad, approach please, I, them for a sponsorship. I know, I'm, I'm practicing, I'm hoping. <laughs> okay, you that's know, good. If we just, just will it, yep. just, you know. Will it into existence? Uh, Jason, what have you watched? So, okay, I thought I didn't have any movies this week. I was worried, so I wrote down some of the TV shows I'm watching. Um, there's uh, there's a new one on um, Apple TV called Masters of the Air. Just another one of them, Tom Hanks, Spielbergian, World War whatever, pilots flying through the air, history type thing of a bunch of young kids making it in that crazy mixed-up war world. And, hey, it's it's as good as all the other ones they've done so far. And um, it's only two episodes so far, but I dig it. It's done well. You know, the cinematography's great, and um, it's it's been pretty tense and crazy. Um, the other, speaking of tense and crazy, one I'm super pumped about is uh, True Detective's back. I've heard it's great. Oh, man, it's so fucked up. But here's the thing. I might hate it. Okay. Okay. So, well, if, if it ends wrong, I'm going to fucking just, I'm gonna delete Max go. off my... Well, I've, I've heard some little bit of, like, hints, and when you said, here's the thing, I'm hearing it has the thing vibes. Well, Do it, it does. It really it, it takes place in the northest of poles. And it literally has... Of, Mm-hmm. A copy of the thing on a shelf in the background. And has a, it has a base full of scientists digging in the ice looking for the answers to the mankind. And they say things like, we set her free. So like, and then shit's gone crazy. There's a neat little um, Inuit, there's a, you know, uh, characters and stuff and culture that's neat. But yeah, it's. I mean, you'll you'll know once you watch it. It's just there's. It's a show based in reality, but there's a whole lot of supernatural stuff, and like it would just uh, piss me off if it ends up being supernatural and not real. But anyway, while it's not answered yet, it's sure fucking awesome and fun, and some of the grossest fucking gnarliest effects death shit you'll ever see it's great hell yeah i want yeah definitely recommend it it's awesome and and then uh what's her jody foster awesome mm-hmm. great see her and stuff and um i watched this really cool movie uh y'all might have seen or heard about it um it's got um our pal paul giamatti in it it's called nice. the holdovers hell yeah dude that was fucking awesome right Love really it. great. It's it really on my list. Good. It's on I'm Peacock. Glad. Yep, it's on the Peacock. 
And then and back in theaters. Oh yeah, oh, they've been cool. putting a bunch back in. I saw Barbie was back, and then some other shit. I think it's just because we're in that time zone yep. now of when <laughs> yep. no movies were being made. So oh, fill it up. Yeah, got to fill up the time. And then, Even Thanksgiving came back to yeah. theaters. Sweet. Not ours. God dang it. But not. um, uh, uh, we all three watched this one. It's called Torn Hearts. <sighs> Fucking Bill. Bill, I didn't even add this to my. Uh, yeah, I had it on mine too. Because uh, <laughs> well, but guys, was I it, didn't hate it. Yeah, was it actually bad or was it? It was only good because we're watching it. We were all okay, watching it together. Okay. Now go back and think so of that movie of watching it by yourself. Oh, I would have. I would have cursed Bill so much harder. Mm-hmm. It was his birthday. We had to not be mad at him. Brie Grant yeah, it was, directed it was that? A, I didn't even see that. I didn't know if you said it, but yeah, it was our for our watch party movie uh, yeah. from a couple weeks ago. Brie Grant directed that. Wow. Who has done what? Oh, she's um, an actress in uh, Ghost Story, Halloween 2, uh, After Isn't Midnight, she, Stylist. She's in I the was going to say, she's in The Stylist. Oh, yeah. The blonde okay. girl. She's in Beyond the Gates. She's awesome. Um, lucky. Yeah, she's yeah, great. She is awesome. A little indie darling for sure. And and then uh basically what's the tagline you guys said it's what but country? Uh, oh, the green room but country. Oh, it's green room but for, <laughs> for country is is what this is. It should not be named mentioned in the same sentence as green room. <laughs> it should no. not. But uh Katie Segal leading role, she's you know, I don't know. She's awesome, and I thought she was awesome in it, and I liked her little quirk that she added for the first five seconds. Yeah. The tapping of the fingernails, but it goes through on through the whole freaking movie. Son of a bitch. I didn't realize that that dude was Joshua Leonard. Which dude? The fucking uh, agent guy who shows up that gets, that gets... super not alive. <laughs> Joshua Leonard, that was him. Holy shit. Does that make it better? Joshua Leonard is. He is one of the three from the Blair Witch Project. Oh, that and Josh. And from Unsane and Hatchet. and oh, Son of a Prom- bee. I know. Don't make me go back and. Don't you dare. Oh. Just because it's Bill's favorite movie of all time. Here's the, here's the thing to quote Jason. <laughs> yeah. Why? I just want to know uh, why. Why? Why Bill picked this one. Oh. Oh. It he, just it he, just seems he so couldn't of, remember why. It's just so out of character it for is. him or anybody related to anybody we know. Bill, we need answers. <laughs> Leave a voicemail, explain yourself. All right, well that's what I watched. I mean, I'm be, I, I'm <laughs> being super mean and harsh. It's yeah. not that bad, no, but again, but... it's definitely not a movie for me. That's all I that's all. I'll say. Yeah, I didn't love it, but it I mean, it was fun to watch as a group, and the group watches are better when the movie's not great, so. Yeah. Yeah. Jason, did you watch anything else? That's it. That's what I watched. All right, Mike, what did you watch? Okay, so first off, it's been a lot of, like, uh, showing films to my son for the first time or filling in. Um, gaps in my f- uh, film viewing. You have those? Ography. Well, the first one is a pretty big one for me. Um, b- being a guy who always talks about being such a big fan of like underground New York filmmakers and 
uh, was kind of getting into the whole. Um, oh, now I can't even think of the what they called that movement. The uh, the really extreme, independent, no budget. You know, people just grabbing Super 8 cameras in New York from the late 70s through most of the 80s. Um, oh, my God. I can't think of the... Like the anyway. Coffin Joe shit? Or? Well, um, well, one of the... This is what I'm getting to is one of the directors came up in that in that circle. Yeah. Uh, Jim Jarmusch. Oh. And my Jim Jarmusch filmography is very, very, very small. I've only seen... I thought you did, but maybe I'm thinking of a different funny-sounding well, director name. Okay. Sorry. Uh, no, that's okay. Um, but anyway, I watched uh, Coffee and Cigarettes for the first time in 2003, and I liked it. I liked it. It it it, it calls back to a time of like the uh, early 90s independent film scene of you know Clerks and. Uh, and a big one it really reminded me of was Slacker. Uh, big time reminds me of Slacker. You know, uh, I mean, it, it's it's kind of boring, but uh, it's it's just vignettes of people sitting around drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes and talking. Um, there's a ton of people in it, so it's. You know, you get that to distract you for a little bit as, um, you know, some of the scenes are just conversations of, you know, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? Just, you know, back and forth because complete nonsensical dialogue. And I, I, as I watch more Jim Jarmusch films, I feel like he is a filmmaker that is intentionally uh, fucking with his audience. Um and you, you really get that feeling of hmm. why why did he make this? Uh, but I don't know. I still kind of liked it. Uh, Coffee and cigarettes. You, you're kind of go <laughs> over there giving me like I, it's it's weird of, faces. It's and, one of the two movies I've turned off. Oh, I, I clearly uh, didn't get it, but I fucking hated it so much I had to turn it off. I could not take another second of it. So you're the one that doesn't like Jim Jarmusch. That that must be it. See, I, I don't think I do either because I the only thing I can think of that we I tried to get through the was dead don't and, die. And, yeah, and I did make it through, but I was like not loving oh, it. That's tough. Well, see, I love that one. Yeah, I really like that one, and so and I've always meant to go back and watch his stuff, but also understanding that he is he is not an energetic filmmaker i've been i've been dying i've had uh patterson on my wish list to watch for a while because it has my boyfriend in it adam driver but i just haven't pulled the trigger yet yeah yeah so i i, I want to watch more because i and cigarettes see it's just proof more of just how we're growing apart as friends oh my god <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> it again like i i feel like if you go into it thinking yeah. this is a this is a more boring version of Slacker than <laughs> than you're prepared. prepared yeah. yeah, and I, I I'm always a sucker for black and white as well. And I also find it interesting too. On this took him several years to complete. So from segment to segment, the quality of film looks different. 
the first like the first one comes off as like he made that one in the 90s and some of the later ones obviously looks more like cleaned up digital uh digital video filmmaking so so there's a lot of contrast between between a the lot sentence, of it yeah yeah anyway i'll move on from from that i just again i'm just really trying to as much as i like the whole new york underground movement um you know, stuff like Nick Zed and stuff like that, that uh, I just might, but my knowledge of actual, the films seen from that society of people is very limited. So Yeah, got to educate. That's, that's right. That's right. I think I'm more of a fan of the um, movement itself and the aesthetic <laughs> than the actual films. Yeah. Anyway, but also some of the really weird stuff that I want to see, you just can't find anywhere. Okay, next up, uh, I watched um, Afterlife from 2009. Uh, stars Christina Ricci, Liam Neeson, Justin Long. Uh, it was a movie produced by Anchor Bay. So this was during that phase of when Anchor Bay um, stopped putting out uh, Evil Dead movies over and over again on DVD and started <laughs> producing in-house. And this is probably the biggest production, I would assume, anyway, based on cast alone. Um, you guys seen this one, Afterlife? No. Nope. I think so. It sounds familiar. Maybe I'm thinking of uh, the Ricky Gervais series on Netflix. Oh, which Afterlife. is brilliant. Oh, this, yeah. yeah. This, uh, I haven't seen it before, but looking at the cover and then some of the the critiques and scores on it. I'm like, it looks direct to video trash to me a little bit. Just, oh, I thought just it, the way it looks. I thought it looked better than that. Oh, I good. thought it looked, the look of it was better than what you would expect from produced by anchor Bay. Hey, life is the symptom. Death is the cure. So basically Christina Ricci gets into this, gets in a fatal car accident. And, mm. um, Liam Neeson is the mortician. Okay, I've seen this when she's completely naked, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, why that's I watched a, it. Uh, boom. Ding, 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 ding. That's all, that's all you had to say. Why didn't I lead with that? <laughs> well, what'd you think of it now that you remember? I watched that's it. All I remember. Yeah, exactly, because I watched it when it came out back then. Okay, um, so it's been forever. So it's been a long time, but I remember thinking it was sort of cool. Yeah, I, I really liked it. Uh, I'm. Honestly, I watched it. Well, it's always been kind of on my back radar. Uh, never one of those never got around to it. But then I was um, trying to uh, watch more Justin Long films. I yep. did a I did yep. a uh, insane Mike top ten list of my top ten favorite Justin Long horror movies, and I got to like nine. I'm like son of a bitch. Shit. I need to watch one. <laughs> um. And so anyway, yeah, so I like it because it, it's such a, it's such a, I don't know what's going on through most of it. Is she really dead um, or isn't she? And you don't, you, that's the number one even, question on Google here. You still even question it by the time you get to the very end. Yeah. And I just think it's very well done in that regard. Um, and Liam Neeson, oh, he's awesome in it oh. as always, you know, but I couldn't Start think of anybody else that could play such a, Sinister, yet sympathetic, but um, somber mortician 
Yeah, it's like Liam great. Neeson. So I recommend it. The last one I'm going to bring up, uh, educating my son on 80s films. Uh, I showed him Uncle Buck. Okay. We watched it on, I think it was Prime. I can't remember. When's the last time any of you guys seen Uncle Buck? Uh, I've seen it on like AMC like every year. Okay. That doesn't count. (laughs) Well, there's some... I question if it was edited. The film felt so choppy to me more than I remember. I mean, it's been decades since I've seen it, but it just it literally just jumps from scene to scene um, with no resolution to certain scenes. Uh, it just it just felt so disjointed in its in its storytelling and, its, and especially in its editing. And also, if it was prime, oh my god, I'm getting I'm about done with prime. Uh, watching movies on Prime, because I've watched so many films lately, again, showing Simon stuff, where they put in fade-out transitions as if it's for television. Yeah, I'm seeing some made edited-for-TV versions that are out there. and Weird. Yeah. Yeah, the last the last four or five movies I've watched, we just do... I uh, Simon and I... Well, and Samantha was down for the weekend, so I showed both of them Galaxy Quest, and we watched it on Prime. Holy, oh, I was getting so mad. It would just constantly fade to black transitions as if it's going to commercial, like it's 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 for TV. Um, I'm just like, this, and this is, I, I don't know. I'm, I'll, I'll shut up. I don't want to get on my soapbox right now. But it says there's a lost version of Uncle Buck. There, there was an uncut version but we only have the final version. But the trailer has scenes that aren't in the final. Well, I'm going to go back. I, so. I pulled I pulled the DVD out, and I'm going to go back and watch. There's a couple <laughs> moments in particular that felt so extremely jarring that the previous scene was extremely pointless. Yeah. That it's like, why is this scene even in here? Uh, so, I mean, they, okay. So they make a big deal on the first half of the movie about Macaulay Culkin's birthday. As you should, and and so there's one one yeah, there's one scene involving his birthday party where the clown shows up drunk, and John Candy punches him, and that is it. That's the whole Macaulay Culkin's you know Macaulay Culkin's birthday is this one scene of the clown showing up late and John Candy punching him out for being drunk, and then it cuts straight to the kids loaded in the car. It's nighttime now and going to the party out in the woods where where he's tracking down the uh the oldest the oldest uh girl uh who's trying to hook up with the boyfriend. It's so disjointed. I mean, that alone the transition from, you know, early day birth to kids birthday party to being nighttime felt like I was watching an Ed Wood movie. I didn't remember it was directed by John Hughes. Yeah, it's a yeah. That's crazy. So anyway, I just I'm going to be super pissed if I do find out that it was highly edited. I'm like, why are we paying for these streaming services for them to give us the quality of watching these films on free network television? Yeah. Interesting. And I just just feel 
the more and more <laughs> that the world of the internet and streaming services and all that yeah. pushes. Hang on to your physical media. Pushes. Are you are you mocking me? Or are you being serious? No, I'm serious. Okay, yes. good, good, good. Because the further it's just pushing away. Um, any other access to films besides what they are, are giving us that we're going to see more and more of this crap. Yeah, I, mean, I know you guys give me crap all the time about Tubi and Tubi editing stuff. Oh, my God. But I'm like, you know what? Well, one, they're free. Um, I'm not paying for a service that's editing films. Right. Um, I'm not saying it makes it more right, but guess what? Tubi's not the only one doing it, apparently. Mm. And you're paying for destroying somebody else's art i look forward to your report on my desk in the morning yeah yeah let's uh put my money where my mouth is <laughs> anyway that's what i watched i wonder what tad's been watching i don't know not a whole lot um watched royal rumble that was fun it's always like a fun throwback uh i remember just that was something I looked forward to as a kid so much. It's the one where they, every couple minutes, bring out a new wrestler, and it's a surprise every few minutes on who's coming out. They do the countdown, you know, three, two, one, and a wrestler's music running out. hits, and they run out. Yeah, and it's it's a lot of fun. Usually they bring back some legends. Uh, this year they did not, but they had a few surprises like Pat McAfee. Whoa. Uh, which he's, a, he's an announcer for them, so yeah. he, like... Stood up from the announcer table, got in the ring, saw this like seven foot four black guy they have that's a wrestler, gave him one look and was like, all right, and jumped over the rope himself and <laughs> eliminated himself instantly. <laughs> really funny bit. Uh, a lot of people got pissed about that. I thought it was hilarious. Um, other than that, I've been watching a lot of like TV. I've been watching um, After Midnight, which is the new At Midnight. Do you guys remember At Midnight with Chris Hardwick? No. Mm-mm. Chris Hardwick hosted a show on Comedy Central that followed the Daily Show called At Midnight. And oh. it's three stand-up comedians that competed. And they basically made fun of the internet and got points. And then at the end, yep. there was one winner. And it was a great way to discover new stand-up comedians. Um and then the show got canceled, and now, like, I don't know how many years later, Taylor Tomlinson hosts it after Colbert's show on CBS, uh, and it's called After Midnight, because it's on, like, half hour later than At Midnight. Uh, so it's actually really, really quite funny. It's been a lot of fun. I've been watching that. It's all on Paramount, because there's no way I'm staying up that late. <laughs> um, but it's nice, because you can fast forward through commercials. But as far as movies go, I was like, man, looking at my letterbox, outside of that Torn Hearts, I only have one thing. Um, I made it to Film Scene on oh, Friday yeah. and saw Carson T. Morrissey's new film, The Salvages. Uh, if you've been to SNAF, uh, you have seen Carson's films. Uh, yep, she yep. has some really – had three in the horror block this past year. Um really talented filmmaker and she directed a feature called the salvages, which is based on the loosely based on the religious epic of Judith. And it is a story about, um, these two lesbians who have been sent to this sort of church camp type, um, sort of conversion therapy type place. Um, 
and the end of the world is coming and this uh, priest or I don't even know. I'm not religious, but he's basically in charge of this place. He's raping one of these women. And so they uh, seek to get their revenge on him. Um, and it's really fantastic. It was a sold out crowd. Uh, I waited until like Friday afternoon. We weren't sure if we were going to be able to make it up to Iowa city. And there was like no tickets left. And luckily uh, they released like eight more seats. We grabbed our seats, went up and had a good dinner and then enjoyed the movie. And it was just awesome watching it with a crowd. And Ross always puts on a great show. He had like a 45 minute trailer reel before the movie. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, because the movie's only 70 minutes, so he filled up the time with this trailer reel. And and plus, it was like a lot of cast and crew and family and stuff, so they were like, it was like trying to get those people into the theater to sit down. It's probably good that there was this trailer reel mm-hmm. as everyone was getting concessions, getting settled, and he puts together... It, it's a great reel of not just trailers, but also um, lots of good uh, old, like videos and i'm trying to think of the word um bumpers and uh what is the word uh teasers no i'll think of it later but um it's basically like these old drive-in videos that they play in during intermissions and before movies and a lot of them yeah there's like it's not stinger it's some there's some kind of (laughs) word that's like that but um Lots of funny old stuff that's like extremely dated now where it would be like, you can't play that shit. But um, <laughs> always entertaining, good, great Q&A. It was a lot of fun watching it with the people and people cheering. And it's just, yeah, really cool to have a fun night out. We got home at like 2 in the morning because it was super foggy and had to drive super slow. Uh, and scary. Yeah. But it was it was great to just sort of be in that community. I love it sort of like brings you back to that film fest feeling of mm-hmm. being surrounded by Indie people who love what they're doing. And uh, yeah, so I think that's all I've really watched. That's awesome. I'm glad that it was yeah. a good premiere. Much, yes, very much, good. Much deserved. Yeah, Carson's super talented. Yes, yes. All right, so we should get into our baby Wee! films. Wee! Time to cry. Time to listen to Jason cry like a baby. Get ready. Everybody start lactating because here we go. <laughs> Tad, what's our first film? Our first film is Sunny Boy. I'm looking for a place where the dogs don't bite, children don't cry, and everything always goes just right. Maybe it's just over that hill Maybe it ain't Maybe there's gold at the end of this rainbow And maybe Maybe it ain't Maybe it's just over that hill Up ahead And 
finally over it's over okay spoiler that is uh maybe it ain't written and performed by star david carradine um because apparently <laughs> the song is just a trailer um <coughs> enough to make mike die uh i know the sp- lyrics to the song because it's through the whole freaking movie yeah so a small town crime <laughs> boss accepts ex- accepts delivery of a stolen car only to find there's a baby in the backseat. He and his transgender wife, played by David Carradine, uh, cut out of cut out the boy's tongue and raise him as a mute accomplice in their crimes. When the grown sunny boy escapes and tries to make contact with the outside world, the attention he draws to his warped family results in darkly humored mayhem. Um, this is one that sort of like... I kept getting like popping up in different Facebook groups and people talking about like, they couldn't believe this was on prime and they can't believe this movie is real and exists. And, uh, so I was like, how can I theme uh, t- typical tad idea? How can I theme an episode <laughs> around this? Uh, yeah, let's do this. And, um, I thought it was a very fun, weird oddity. I know I'm sorry, Jason. I know you loathe this. You're, you probably are thinking, what has Mike done to Tad? Um, <laughs> you get me picking movies, and I'm not doing much better than Mike. So maybe, Jason, you can pick an episode. But um, <laughs> uh, this is a weird one, man. This is definitely a movie as, like, it, it's made in, what, like, 80-something? But it feels very 70s. Yeah. Uh, and it's, like, one of those that is, how the fuck does this exist? Uh, 89. 89 holy shit it feels 70s and i just don't know how fucking song they pitch this thing it has like i said david carradine plays pearl the transgender wife who's very protective of this baby and sunny uh brad dorf is fantastic as weasel yes we have paul yeah. smith as slew who's like the just disgusting scummy sort of leader of this crime family he sort of just rules over this town uh, it's just, like I said, I don't even, I can tell you the whole plot, but you just have to see it for yourself or don't in Jason's mind, but it's actually like some really great shots and some pretty good performances. It's just like, <laughs> what is this fucking story? The faces on J- Jason's maker. <laughs> this fucking show, it's where hyperbole goes to die is at this 
You said terrific performance. <laughs> What's wrong with the performance? Brad Dorf was awesome. He was. You just said awesome. All right. All right. I'm just. It's your credibility, man. That's fine. Uh, yeah, saying. Brad Dorf and Keep David saying. Carradine were both fantastic in this. <laughs> I do appreciate. I was a little worried that David Carradine was going to be way more over the top. You know, playing played it completely straight. Played it pretty straight for the most part. Yeah. So I really do appreciate that. Jason. Oh, Jason. <laughs> so you're going to, you're going to, uh, this will, this will be funny later, but, um, <laughs> I, of all the different Sunny Boys, I wish I'd have watched the, uh, the wrong one as a reference to something that happens later in the show. <laughs> of all, of all the Sunny Boys I could have watched, why'd I have to watch this one? Well, like guys, I've been I've been so stressed out about this episode, um, uh, you know, and I'm trying to trying to think of constructive ways to form my opinion, and and because you know I I believe that every movie is somebody's favorite movie, and so I want to be not an asshole, you know, and but I know that I have to say something, I guess, but. Um, it's not for me. <laughs> it, uh, I thought it was going to be, it wouldn't be I thought it was going to be the third film I shut off because I couldn't stand it. I just, it was just the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I just couldn't do it. I hated it. I hated it. Hated, hated it. Well, it was so dumb. Why was it dumb? I thought it was the worst acted film I've seen maybe ever. Um, and I'll give you a, you know, um, I won't use the same words as you did, but I thought David Carradine playing it straight and not hamming it up was a good thing for this movie. Yes. Especially, you know, I won't say I appreciate it. Okay. Like you did because it was, this the main dude is It could have been really off putting though if he was oh, sure. doing like a overly flamboyant performance or something. No, the rest of the movie he did that for him and I it just wasn't for me. I couldn't stand Dorf, I couldn't stand the kids. I really couldn't stand the the main dude who's the worst actor I've ever seen in my life. Paul Smith, I'll get into that. Um he I mean I I laughed and I love looking at this poster of him Lion King the baby on the poster. <laughs> like, that was kind of badass. Um, just, Only Elton John would have done the music for this movie instead of David Carradine. Um, I just I couldn't do it, guys. I, it's not for me. I don't, I, I, and that's just it. Well, half the reason I'm stressed is I can't, I can't think of a constructive way to tell you how much I hate this thing. <laughs> it just didn't, I just didn't do it. I couldn't well, handle it. Well, that's why I, I wanted it to I mean, end. That's why I asked because I mean I could. I was watching it and knowing knowing you would not like <laughs> it, it just but made me hate movies all over again. <laughs> like about, I thought I was doing good after the end of the year, and I'm just like maybe. Mike, maybe. have you seen this one before? I have not. This is the first time watch for me. I freaking I, I three and, I, and a half stars over here. I <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Um, How. <laughs> You can't tell me without bullshitting words 
I've never even heard of this movie before. That's awesome, though. Um, yeah, good job, uh, to, Ted. To find a, a weirdo film like this out outside of my vision, that's amazing. Um, the cast, I just I love the people in the cast. Whether you agree if their performances are good or not, um, I get excited anytime I see David Carradine, Brad Dorf. Um, I have a love hate relationship with Paul L. Smith. Uh, he's one of those that like he's an actor that questionable fascinates me. <laughs> that when he's on screen, oh, that's I, why he's on I there. want to, I want to, I want to watch him. He's like, um, um, oh god, dang it, uh, Klaus, Klaus Kinski, a guy who I would never want to meet in a million years. Nobody I would ever admire as an actor or a human being but fascinated by them anytime they show up on screen. And Paul L. Smith is like that. Uh, I mostly know him from, uh, he was Willard from Pieces, <coughs> Farron Crush uh, from Crime Wave, Sam Raimi's Crime Wave. And most famously, he played Bluto on Pop, uh, from uh, the Robin Williams Popeye movie. Um, and those are the only three films I've ever really known him from. And I think this is the first time I've actually heard his real voice. Because every other film I've ever seen him in, his voice is always overdubbed. Even in Popeye, they used um, a different voice actor for him. And I think that just speaks a lot of Paul L. Smith as a performer. Um, <clears throat> and his performances uh, are kind of very similar in all of those movies. Uh, he always does the trying to be the big bulky intimidating guy, but where he just kind of but he always he's hunch he hunches over his shoulders. If you go back and watch all of those movies, that maneuver is in all in all four of these films. Uh also love seeing Sidney Lassick, and so I thought it was really cool getting to see him and Brad Dorf in a film together since um you know they were both in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh He's the guy I always enjoy seeing, you know, just always playing that like nervous, nerdy character guy. Um, you know, the 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 concept is just so twisted and bizarre. Uh, they find this baby and they raise it, but they basically torture the child to toughen it up, and so it can be like their weapon in their crime wave. Uh, to the point where he they turn him into a cannibal, and and it's so bizarre the quote unquote love interest in this. There's the scene where he runs away. He gets away from you know the town's hunting him down and stuff, and he's like on these rocks and you know he's got like you know he's beaded up pants, no shirt, and he's just he's got sunburned scars all over, and he's you know ratted hair and all this stuff and the girls stand there talking to him and you know it, it's like a tender love scene and all i could think about is like lady do you not have any sense of smell this guy's gotta smell like shit and you're all up in his grill all lovey-dovey and stuff it's just so bizarre and like i love it and the showdown at the end was cool and you know, with that big military uh cannon thing and them holding up in the 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 TP thing at the end. Um, the only thing that really, really hurts this film for me that didn't get it four stars, Jason, is uh, I freaking hate the score so much. 
that goddamn song, Maybe It Ain't, which is the the tone of the score through the entire movie. There is no other music styling, no other mood style of the score in this movie. It's just a riff of that song throughout the entire movie. And it is, it ruins many of the moods in this movie because it doesn't match any intensity of any scenes, any comedy of any scenes, anything of any scenes. Uh, it's way too repetitive. It's out of place. Um, it's just bad made for seventies TV, Western music. Uh, that really, really hurt it for me. And then the other thing that hurt it for me, um, was I just, you know, like, like Jason getting more and more jaded with films as he gets older, I get more and more jaded when it comes to slow motion shots. There's so many goddamn pointless, pointless. Yeah, it's like trying to fill time. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah. Those are the two big things that really, really knock points off of it for me. But otherwise, it's just crazy and insane, and um, I thought it was fun. It's the stupidest movie I've ever seen in my fucking life. But, uh, are you just accepted. not? I was gonna say, are you just not extremely intrigued of like watching this and think like my my brain's just racing the whole time watching this like. How did this like get brought to funding? They got a, I, enough money. They got a whole cast and crew. They filmed the thing, edited it. It got released. Like, how does this I, go from conception to and and it's the quality that it is? I yeah. literally said out loud forty times, "This is stupid." Out loud, <laughs> that's so stupid. <laughs> this is fucking stupid. I was watching it in the room with like. Nikki was like crocheting on the couch or something, and she kept looking up and she's like, "What in the fuck is this?" I was like, "I'm just gonna finish tomorrow because I don't. This is weird watching it with you in a room." Yeah. By the way, the the word I was looking for earlier is snipe. It is uh, a th- theatrical snipe. But oh, okay. anyways, um, <laughs> I knew that was gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, it's just like again, I, I probably will not revisit this movie anytime soon. You know why? Because it sucks. <laughs> And you think it's a novelty right now, and that doesn't make it good. The okay. fact that it's so weird, it's so fucked I mean, up. I'm sorry. Was just, it? I'm no. So mad. Did it? Did it feel like an Australian film to you? It kind of oh, yeah, did to it me. Did a little, yeah. It yeah. Like the desert and yeah, uh, the yeah. setting and you know some of the weirdness and you know Pig you mask. Get, yeah, mask. yeah. And again, a giant like, cannon. We had we yeah. had like a w- white trash uh, Mad Max scene at the end. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. For the longest <laughs> time, I, I mean, I didn't do the research. <laughs> I left that for you here in a minute, Tad. But you know, watching this movie, I'm like, is this an Australian production? It really, it really brought back you know things like Mad Max or a Razorback or you know even Body Melt from a few episodes ago. <clears throat> Yeah, I just was like, t- towards the end there when they're all getting their cars and they're chasing them down and stuff, I'm like, this is like Hillbilly Mad Max. Yeah. <laughs> like, this yeah. is so weird. Yeah. All right. So what what kind of trivia do you have for this one, Ted? Well, screenwriter Graham Whiffler developed the story from a tale told to him by some bikers who lived in his neighborhood. They told him the true account of a kidnapped child who was raised by an Indiana car thief who was tor- who tortured the child and trained him to be a killer. 
See Jason's true story. Right. That's the only way. Brad Brad Dorf once referred to this movie as the first real heavy metal fable. He admitted that he didn't understand the movie, yet he was drawn to its strangeness. So maybe (laughs) me and Brad are on the same page here. Maybe me and Brad are on the same page. We're drawn to the strangeness. Uh, On the other side, David Carradine once called this movie a cross between Bonnie and Clyde, bringing up the baby, and the Rocky Horror Picture Show. (laughs) Originally, the character of Sonny Boy was written to be a disfigured monster, but the director, Robert Martin Carroll, felt the story would be more tragic if the character was an attractive young man. And so, okay, no, sorry. Continue. No, no, please, because this just, last one's a biggie. I just was thinking about the ending, and you know, and you're talking about how he was supposed to be more, more monstrous, and obviously I wouldn't think the love story part of it would work if he was more monstrous or the happy ending would work if he was more monstrous. But I I just think about it just, so it just kind of hit me at this moment. Is that possible to sew somebody a new tongue after they've gone without a tongue for probably a decade? Where are they getting the extra tongue to sew in there? Cadaver tongues. And then to speak perfect English right afterwards. Nothing in this movie. Well, I hope the last bit of trivia at least addresses the choice made in this movie of Carradine playing. Oh no! Nope. No, is that no. Sh- just nobody Th- this knows. Is so f- this is fun, though. Okay. Um, a rumor began circulating that the film's actual director was Ruggiero Diodato of Cannibal oh. Holocaust. Oh, Infamy. cool. But later, that rumor was pr- proved to be false. Aww. But I love that, like, there was that going around of, like, this was written by him. And, like, back uh. before, you know, you could just Google things. It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But it didn't have an Italian, any Italian flair to it at all. So, again, it felt more Australian to me. Australian exploitation. So, no clues. No reason. For the Carradine. No. No. in the script. I mean, everybody knows Carradine from, like, Kung Fu. And I felt like the rest of his career was based more on trying to live outside that. Yeah, weird little jobs here and there. Yeah, he always did weird projects. And that could also be, like, not getting hired. So he would just take Fred Only Ray movies or... What, what you could you. get, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, it's not that that part bothered me. I just like there had to it's be a story. Be, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like between well, yeah. Them and now, and or? how they never, yeah, and they never address it. And it's yeah. such a unique casting for something like that. Yeah, yeah, and it's just played completely straight. And it's like at you know, it's never really like joked about, especially for the time. Like you'd yeah. think it would like cross some lines, and it doesn't. Like no. it handles it very well, especially given the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Late eighties, yeah. Or wait, what? What was it? Nineties? Eighty nine. Eighty nine. Okay. But here's—I didn't have this on my list, but um, shot in eighty seven. But it took two years to find a distributor. And eventually, picked up by well, Trans World Entertainment. No pun intended. Oh, <laughs> Uh-oh. that's good. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, Jason, what's our next film? Our next film is from a long, far, 
ways away and it was made and released in 2021 it's lamb In rural Iceland, a childless couple discover a strange and unnatural newborn in their sheep barn. They decide to raise her as their own, but sinister forces are determined to return the creature to the wilderness that birthed her. Yeah, 2021. I just looked it up. It um, it it uh, made Tad's number 10 this year that year i think you just watched it before we made the list and or it would have been on mine i think i had watched it in the interim yeah i assumed it was yeah i i thought it would have been or it would have been i remember you guys talking it up big time oh man um so it's a 24 it's too boring for mike we all know how this is gonna go but uh i, I liked it a lot it's um a quiet little movie just a couple living on a farm in Iceland, raising some sheep. And then just, I just like how it plays out. Cause I think we, I think most people now go into it knowing kind of what it's about, or I can't remember if I watched the trailer before to even know, but, um, I just like how it Does unfolds. It give it away in the trailer. Yeah. That's why I can't remember. Can't remember. Ted, watch it really quick. Just kidding. Uh, I say, uh, <laughs> just listening to it, I was like, I would have remembered the trailer having Beach Boys in it. So, right. Yeah, I was going to say, I bet he. So yeah. sorry, sorry, YouTube. We got flagged that. But, um, uh, but uh, yeah, I just, uh, I think it unfolds really fun because they don't give it away for a while, you know, that 
this little lamb is different than the other lambs. And then it's just a little family film with some twists and turns with brothers and things. And then the end goes fucking batshit. What the fuck? You kind of forget, you know, maybe at that point what happened. And and it's, oh, I just, I love it because it's like all the way at the end before. I mean, it's besides... So it's not a normal movie by any means, but it's totally a normal movie right up until the end. And then it's like, holy fucking shit. I just, I just love how badass it gets right there at the end. And it's like, just leaves you out of breath and, and yeah, you know, great score, great lamb action. You know, it's all about that. What did you guys think? I mean, obviously, this one's on my list. Um, I love it. And uh, it's just another, I mean, two very strange (laughs) movies back to back. Um, Mm -hmm. The first time I watched it, I did not really watch a trailer. Um, I just sort of, it's A24. I'm going to check it out. And I remember, I think it only made number 10 because uh, I wasn't sure if this counted as a horror movie, but it sort of made, it made me really uncomfortable. Um, and there's some good violence in it, but I'm, I'm still sort of up in the air on if this or even Sunny Boy are technically horror, but, uh, I love Numi Rampace, uh, Rat Pace, yeah. Rat Rapace. I don't even know how do you say, she's but she's, she's dope. Yeah. I think she's fantastic. Uh, from the girl in the, with the dragon tattoo, the Prometheus, uh, She's a a lot of fantastic stuff, and she's really cool in this. Like, I love the stillness. I love yeah. the performances in this. I love the awkwardness, like the quiet moments of like when she's in the bath with them, and the brothers like looking in the reflection, and it's like the other brothers sees him through the window, and it's like, or or I mean, as like you just know that this is not going to end well. It's slowly mm-hmm. ramping up, and but you don't know what it is. It's a little chaotic of like, okay, this is over, overbearing sense of dread of what the what is this thing? Why why How did can they this have end it? Okay, <laughs> right. Like this is not going to end with them like holding hands and walking into the sunset. That like, yeah. And I'm still not sure exactly what it what happened, but. I, I think it's beautifully shot, beautifully acted. Love the score. Um, I own this, like the special A24 4K thing. Um, but watching it the whole time, I was like, if Mike hasn't already watched this, um, sorry, Mike. Okay. Had you seen this one before? I watched it for that year ender. Yeah. So okay. This is, this is my second time watching it. And you still it. picked it. You still picked it. You still let it be on the list. Yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to be nice. Oh. <laughs> Out of lack of options? That too. It was, it's been a challenge lately finding films for the show that are freaking edited by Prime. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, this isn't my favorite. I still gave it three stars on Letterboxd. Oh, so there you go. All right. There you go. It's almost as good as Sunny Because it's a, it's a, decent it's a, it's a decent movie it is it's very well shot very well acted um i just i think you know you always question me on how i like dumb shit like sunny boy but don't dig on this and it's like 
even watching it second time, I can't tell you all but two or three things that happen in this movie. Uh, and it's hard to talk about because I just feel like really there's, you can't pinpoint scenes to talk about because it's just not, there's nothing really happening. You know, I mean, Sonny Boy, I could be like, oh, there's that scene where, you know, he breaks into that girl's trailer and they, and, you know, they, you know, he's playing with the gun and they're kind of having a standoff and, and then she ends up getting the gun from him and chases him. I mean, that's a scene of something that happens. You know, and that's that's just my problem with movies like this is yeah. You don't it's hard for like me to talk about because going outside no... with the gun or the scene. Yeah, mm. like when she's when uh, she's dancing with this sheep boy in the living room. Like I was like, I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, this is so like the thing is just just this uh, fucking lamb is making me so uncomfortable. Well, that's the best part of the movie, though, right? But am I going to hang my hat on just that? Um, that the the First of all, the effects are cool, and the whole image of that that lamb boy is cute and adorable and creepy lamb. as fuck at the same time. Lamb boy. Lamb boy. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? Like, it's kind of yeah. cute, but at the same time, it fuck. weirds you the but hell don't out. Don't look at me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't look at me. Yeah. Like, you know, the scene where the the brother right is pointing the shotgun right at the lamb boy and your 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 heartstring tugs a little bit but then i don't know there's just a slight head tilt from the lamb boy and then all of a sudden it's like oh shoot it it's freaking me out <laughs> you know <laughs> and i'm going to say something fire i'm going to say something controversial so don't hate oh. me guys oh. especially jason don't hate me but um i the first time i watched it and we got to that ending I thought it was funny. I, I, I thought it like, oh, is this just a a punchline so. the whole time? How could that be with the tone know. of the first 90 minutes? It, that's That was my first take. I'm sorry. That's your brain. That's Right? It I has to be. I kinda, I'm serious. I, I kind of chuckled. Maybe, maybe. You know, I, 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 the darker, the funnier, right? But... I don't know, and, and then just how it just abruptly—it just abruptly ends. There's no like lead into that person. I'm trying not was, to. That spoil. was so great. I thought it explained everything. No, I know what you're saying, and I I agree with that. You, you forget about especially on the second viewing, but that first time it was so jolting that I'm oh, like beyond jolting. Is, is this, Absolutely jolting. Is this, was this a, was this supposed to be funny this whole time? Like it felt like. You didn't take that thing serious looking at it? Yeah, I think it's holding the oh. the fact that it's holding the shotgun. I don't know. I don't know. And just the fact that it was so abrupt, it was the, the buff boy. <laughs> the what? <laughs> the buff boy. The buff boy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. There's something about it that like tickled my funny bone. Never seen a lamb so beefy. <laughs> So beefy. I wanted a, I wanted a euro. I was, I was confused. I, I was Sexually, sort of, attra- yeah. I was sort of attracted to it. Well, sure. <laughs> Tad, you need to stop because I was covering the terms with it not being funny. The second viewing. Now you're going to put me back there. <laughs> so to, but to go back uh, and being serious. So do you think maybe like, and and I don't, I'm not. It's not at you. Like, is it 
I'm like maybe an ADD thing. As far as like uh, you know, just dot points like Sunny Boy is just nonstop things to keep your attention span. This it it has things, but they're not like yelling at you. I mean, you know, so it feels like there's maybe less hit points. I mean, they're they're there, but like I don't know, is it an attention span thing I, that I, really makes these slower air quotes movies harder for you? I don't know. I I can't really put my finger on it, and I almost hate talking about it anymore yeah, I because know. I can't. I know. I mean, I just got done just talking about how I like coffee and, and cigarettes, you yeah. know. So, and I'm not saying yeah. I hated this. Oh, good. Okay. I mean, three stars, right? Yeah. No. Three stars in the middle. And I'll say, and he never said it was. He never used the word boring he or did any it. of that. I appreciate no, that. He, yeah. <laughs> all all he's to... really saying was that it just didn't have like. These memorable, like you said, pinpoints or scenes that stand out to him because it's yeah. more of a, like, it goes from here to here. to here. It, it just doesn't yeah, have... I'll, I'll admit it, it's but, slow. But it's... to me, uh, my personal viewing is like, it has, it, it does have those moments. And when, because of its pace, when they happen, they're more... They're more memorable and, and more impactful. Okay. Because they're it's so quiet, and then when, uh, without spoiling anything, you know, there's some scenes that are there's like probably three or four major scenes where things are revealed or where it's it's like a what the fuck is that? What is I, I'm not sure what I'm seeing, but uh, and then obviously the ending. Um, that to me, it's like it makes those moments more impactful. But that's just and and like there's got to be literally a scene or five in here there's just 60 seconds of her no music just staring off into the horizon and you're left with her and her face to tell you her thoughts by her face and to me it draws me in and like gets me even more wrapped up and it's you just like look at her fucking act her ass off and she has nothing to give us but her face and and then in context of what she's her character's going through in the middle of fucking nowhere and can't have kids and then she gets a kid and all this stuff it's like fuck man and yeah, I, it's it's shrouded by slowness and <laughs> i get it so but well, i get everything you guys are saying on the positive side of it that. i really do yeah. and like what's the difference between this movie that can be slow and this movie that can be yeah. that can be slow i don't i don't know i don't know to... it just doesn't connect with me we'll get there is it is it that i have no connection cuz i cannot relate to living in the middle of the nowhere and um uh, and being from Ireland or it was Ireland right Iceland Iceland sorry mm -hmm. being from Iceland you know again you know, there's the you know, and I don't want to say this either, but like, but you know, because I don't, I watch a lot of movies with subtitles, but just, you know, a different, different language, you know, I just feel less connected to it. So when you have those emotional scenes, I'm not as invested. Those longing, staring into the sunset scenes, I'm not as invested. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I'm trying to analyze myself. Yeah. And you don't need to, man. You like what you like, and you shouldn't have. You shouldn't apologize for it. So that's what True. makes these talks. If we all agreed every episode, this would be a, a quick, boring podcast. True, but I, you You're know, welcome. I'm always a big believer oh. in like 
especially in the world of the internet now, uh, is like if you were going to not like something, you better have your shit to back it up. Or can, vice be versa. Be constructive. Vice versa. Least. If you like something, have your shit to back it up too. Yeah. I think uh, Numi. Uh, rat pace is just pretty, and that's why. And I like buff sheep, so <laughs> buff buff lambs. Who knew that combination was gonna? It's end. like a weird, yeah, two weird fetishes I have. Two things at the same time. All right, so uh, Tad, what trivia is for lamb? Speaking of my girl, in preparation for her role. Numi spent time on an Icelandic farm and even learned how to help a sheep birth a lamb holy shit which we saw in the movie which yeah, is like probably the grossest part of the movie that and like <laughs> clip in the ear oh fuck know? now uh, that's yeah. hard but that's that's it's farming real. man yep. Bri- yeah. yeah brian clark will tell you he will um <laughs> he doesn't live that far north <laughs> but his dad remember he's told yeah. remember the whole argument about the corn don't get him started on oh. the corn silo again <laughs> jesus christ um <laughs> Highest grossing motion picture in the history of Icelandic cinema, which Woo, both yeah. films, I don't know, um, <laughs> earning over a million dollars on the first weekend alone. This also makes the first film, this also makes this film the most attended Icelandic film shown in the U.S. theaters ever um, on its first weekend alone. And this, despite being pitted against uh, James Bond and uh, some other big named blockbusters that premiered in the same weekend. So uh, you go, lamb. Uh, In tradition, (laughs) traditional Greek. Okay. This is going to be a deep, serious one. Okay, guys. Um, We're getting deep into mythology and traditional Greek mythology. When King Minos of Crete failed, Brian Clark, you can correct me on this. uh, The pronunciation (laughs) failed to sacrifice a bull to Poseidon. The god caused his wife to lust after the animal. By it, she conceived the Minotaur, a monster with a bull's head and a man's body, which was confined in a labyrinth. There, it devoured human beings until it was killed by Thasus. Some critics have compared this film to a reversal of the ancient Greek Minotaur myth, further linking the mythology of Lamb to Hellenic origins. All right. So this is based on a true story is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> Two movies in a row based on true stories. <laughs> God, I about flipped this I wanna, table over. I want to see... <laughs> yeah, your look was priceless. <laughs> I want to see, b- yeah, Buff Lamb versus uh, Sunny Boy. <laughs> when Fight I said that, death. the drain of joy from your face at that moment was amazing. Between that and knowing what's left here, we are... Oh, come on. Yeah. This is one I, I'm, I'll fight for. Before we move on, are we really doing both individually? Or are we doing them together? I would say just do them together, sort of uh, uh, comparing and, and contrasting. Then, okay, fine. And then I have both trailers, but the French one is just, again, music and stuff we don't... So play the other play one. Play the English one. So play the, the English one. So what we're talking sequel. about, folks, is... The last film uh, we were going to watch that we were going to watch for this was 2007's <laughs> Inside, but uh, there was a little faux pas this. where somebody watched the 2016 remake instead. Um, again, too many movies with single word titles. Uh, so we, so the rest of us decided to go back and watch the 2016 remake as well. Um, so we're going to talk about both movies here. Um, 
This could be this could be a very interesting discussion if we're going to do it at the same time. Mm-hmm. But here we go, uh, the 2007 and the 2016 movie Inside. So what are we going to name her? How about Zoe? No, I don't think so. That's sweet. <laughs> she what? just kicked. Feel it. <laughs> Except for some internal scrapes, all is well. I don't think I'm capable of doing this by myself. Sooner or later. So with the baby. Okay, so I wrote descriptions for both versions, so I'll read the description for, for both of them here. I'll start with the 2007 version of Inside. After the death of her husband, a woman on the brink of motherhood is tormented in her home by a strange woman who wants her unborn baby. And now here's the description for the 2016 version. After the death of her husband, a woman on the brink of motherhood is tormented in her home by a strange woman who wants her unborn baby. Whoa. Okay, so inside. This is actually, well, both versions are first time watch for me. I mean, I've known about inside dating all the way back to 2007. It was part of that uh, French uh, extreme horror movement of the early 2000s uh, with movies like Trouble Every Day, Martyrs, Frontier, High Tension. Uh, and man, all those movies <laughs> are so related to each other. Uh, um, yeah, this is this is definitely a dark and gruesome and it just it's more than just a house invasion film or home invasion film or... I mean, it's 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 definitely an experiment in extreme, extreme horror. A lot of gore, extreme. 
<laughs> a lot of gore, again, like the other uh, French films on my list. Um, I, I th- it's 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 dark and disturbing. Uh, it's not a fun ride, but I still really enjoyed it. I thought it was very very tense. Uh, a lot of wincing moments, man. Those fucking scissors, man. I got. I swear to God. Yeah, I got. I, I saw this one when it came out, like a year it came out, because I think I uh, look. I actually watched this on physical media because I own the DVD from when I pulled off the shelf. Blockbuster, children. This was a video <laughs> rental store where you could just go in and borrow movies for money. Um, but when yeah, ours would sell like old copies or maybe it's when they're going out of business. I don't even remember, but um, I've ha- I saw this back then and it was one of those movies where I had to like show my friends, you know, like it was up there. Like you said, high tension and uh, martyrs and stuff where it's like, you guys want to see a weird French movie where a woman goes after a pregnant lady. Sure. Let's watch that and throw this in and, um, rewatching it, I still thought it was really good. The, the French version, um, it is in comparison to the remake, it felt a lot more visceral, bloody, Very. uh, angry. Not that either of them are upbeat or even, and I'm guessing Jason is not a fan because just nev- the, the lead just never gets a break. Uh, it's just unrelenting violence towards a pregnant lady from beginning to end uh every once in a while she'll she seems like she's like almost there getting out of it and then something bad happens um but i you know i'd heard i remember them talking about remaking it and it was like why would they do that and then they remade it and no one saw it and including me until uh jason accidentally watched it and so we had to watch it (laughs) there was a few differences it wasn't quite a shot for shot remake no, it was it was close. There's like a pool scene, and uh, the way the See? woman's face is a little different. She uses like hot water instead of a hairspray t- mm-hmm. blowtorch. See, that's the thing. I feel like the differences, and no pun intended, because of the pool scene, but the differences are intentionally there to water it down for <laughs> <laughs> for the American audience, kind of like what they did with the Martyrs remake. And it's that point. It's like, what's the point? Because I feel like. The French version's point was to be extreme and disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. And when you take that away, you're um, it's whatever. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, Jason. Oh, uh, so when I typed in inside, the remake came up in the first line, and like I had to scroll like way down to, to find the. Find the that's oh, why Jesus. I didn't even know. Yeah. It wasn't even on the first page. Anyway, that's my excuse. And that's the, fine. And the re- we we should have been more clear. Um, I thought we talked yeah. about it after the episode last week about like oh this is like it's a weird French film, but mm. you're excused. Okay. Um. Did you? So overall, the remake. Did you guys like it? I didn't. Okay. So that's a. I I, I so didn't, much. and I can get into it. But so go ahead. that's um part of. My problem is that I watched that first. That's yeah. I'm curious. You know, too. I had to go backwards, and so I mean, 
So it set the tone for me not liking these films at all, which is too bad. But it also made me appreciate at least some of the things that happened in the original. Because I was like, oh, okay, I see why it was even remade in the first place. It was something. um, But now I, I just knew that I couldn't rate it as low as Sunny Boy, so I was half a star more. I think I rated it one star. I, um, this uh, hey, this this one's not for me, and the best. Uh, yeah, no, it's not. It's not. So, and and yes, what Tad said about catching the break thing, absolutely true. But that didn't. I was so mad that that didn't even bother me, or wasn't didn't even come into my brain. I was just, I'm just like, too sensitive. I think. Uh, one, it's like, they don't, the both things I hate about this movie, happen in both movies, is that they don't tell you why this is happening until the end. Oh, okay. The end. And so the first 90 minutes, I'm just like, this is stupid. Why is this happening? Why, Why is this I mean, happening? This so you must stupid. absolutely hate the strangers because there's literally they have no reason because they're home. That's what the strangers is. And the people in the home aren't pregnant and about to give birth after going through a horrible accident at Makes lo- losing, so losing even the, higher, man. their couple. But you're saying it felt like this was torturing a pregnant lady for torture. No sake. reason. Yeah. Was like fuck you movie. I can get that, and if you go back and watch a lot of those, French, I mean, you, those French extreme films that I've been talking about, they all have this like, you know, here's this little gotcha ending, little little tidbit we saved for you, you know. Of course, the uh, awful ending to High Tension. But. Exactly. Yeah. And then the thing that did it for these movies happened in both films the same way, is that. I'm spoiling it because no one should watch this. Please don't watch it. And <laughs> is uh, they make her kill her own mother. That's so fucking awful. It's like, f- fuck you movie. Like, it's so shitty and awful. It, like, it just, none of it had to happen. And I was so pissed off and I hated it. And then, like, uh, everything we've ever been told about pregnancy, like, don't, sneeze wrong or you're going to lose the baby (laughs) you can apparently fall downstairs and get punched and and stabbed and like this is like the the most unrealistic pregnancy i've ever seen in movie history and so like my stupid brain's like there's no way that she's even still walking around it just was so unbelievable to me i could not let go i could not suspend my disbelief and it just pissed me off so much that this horrible thing was happening for no reason until the very end. Have you ever been on a plane with a baby? Oh, I'm not saying I'm not trying to sit, <laughs> sit he over might be here for this lady. I'm not over here defending babies. But the lady wanted was, the baby. So. I was to say when people bring a baby into a movie theater, hey, I'm like, I just no. think of Inside. I'm like. I'm going to follow this lady home. No, just joking. <laughs> and um, so then the the remake, I'm so mad at it. 
I just was so mad. I did not enjoy it. I was so mad. And so then, then you make me watch it again, assholes. We can't just we can't agree to disagree or something, and just tell me they're the same thing. You make me watch it again, and I got different for I got mad for different reasons in this one, because I'm like, uh, I'm going to say something controversial here, and I don't care if you try to get me with it or not, but uh, gore doesn't make a movie. No. And that's all this movie has in the original. And I'm not saying if you want to uh, cut those scenes out and use them on your effects reel or to do a, like a, hey, here's here's some shocking-ass scenes from a movie. Fuck, yeah, man. Those Every fucking scene in that original was insanity awesome effects, gore, madness. Half of them didn't make any sense or was even plausible to the human anatomy. And then it was just, it was just like, okay, this is just an excuse for gore. Your story is so thin and I hate it. And so like the gore didn't even pay off to me. I, I didn't, I was just like, you're just covering up nothing here with blood and trying to call it a movie. I was so mad. The story can be, the story can be simplistic like it is, but it felt, but I know what you're saying. It felt like the gore took place of anything else, as far as what you would want in a movie like this. And so any suspense, any um, any scares, any uh, creepiness. One, it felt like once the gore started happening, there's this, the the scene that I really liked before the gore uh, that I thought was a pretty um, tense, suspenseful, and creepy scene is when she sees the the woman outside her window. She and, lights up the cigarette. Yeah, I thought that was pretty effective. But I know what you're saying because all of that was right. gone. It all comes down once to it, I did the mayhem starts. I didn't like the story here. This appeals to me in no way. Th- th- what happened in this movie? I derive zero joy out of. The story of this movie, I hate it. It makes me so mad that something so horrible could happen to this nice lady. And oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, the, the, again, scenes-wise, I the thing I really liked about both versions, even though I hated not knowing why this other girl was attacking her, the thing I liked this movie did that no other movies done is they like left the bad guy in the house and the real mom shows up or the real friend shows up and oh, she, yeah. and you're just like f's up the plan wait you're supposed to be hiding or you know you're not supposed to yeah and yeah. i'm like oh fuck that's different and cool i mean i like you know but yeah man I, and and i'm sorry for both of those movies sunny boy and this i know it's somebody's favorite movie and i i i hate it with all of my soul when somebody doesn't like a movie i like it it crushes me beyond belief and i don't that's just my sensitivity so i hate saying anything bad and it's just caused me stress this whole fucking week no I, longer because, the, the boy who screams awesome i know it's, it's uh, the oh, truth it's, is out it's finally out the truth is this out. has been happening for over uh, a year folks uh, go back and <laughs> go back and really listen to yeah. jason's reviews but uh <laughs> i just i'm so i'm sorry it's just and and if you want me to just say hey this isn't for me and we'll move on to the next guy that's fine and but i know because that's cause not I, how <laughs> podcasting works i know somebody's <laughs> like i know you know uh People are out there like, oh, he hates it so much. I know, uh, 
Brett's like, well, I'm fucking going to get that right now because Jason <laughs> hates it. So I want to see, you know, like, I know that's happening. I just don't, I don't, but I don't. It's and, weird because uh, I feel like I like it for the, I like it for the reasons you don't like it because I love I, that we don't know why this woman is here. And I love the high stakes of this pregnant woman. It adds a whole other, it's, she's just not herself you know it's not just her she's doing everything to protect this baby Mm -hmm. uh and so it's just that much more tense for me and she's like every you know fucking scissors through the hand and this woman is like trying like you said outsmarting these people but then you know shit starts twisting she has to put like a fucking you know thing pen through a, a cop's head and you know all this awful shit is happening to everybody and i just it's mayhem and i love that in the in the original at the end they're like uh, they told me that everyone they told me no one lived from the crash so they so police just lied to you that's like against the law how do you not know that's some bullshit <laughs> fucking convenience if i ever heard. so i was already mad at that point well let's but not like, get into the cops in this movie or oh, let's yeah. actually do get into the cops, especially the remake. Oh my God, those were the worst the cops worst. in cinema history. <laughs> a cop does first of all when the when the when the um, the female cop leaves the car realizing something's not right and she enters the house. I've never seen any cop movie, cop show, real life cop shows, you know, TikTok cop stuff, whatever, <laughs> where they. Where they do not announce themselves entering a house, but she's creeping like like this is like her first day on the job, and she slept her way through a you know police academy because or actually feels like she's from the police academy movies because she just kind of like walks in, looking around, you know, and like you know never announces her you never announces herself, never calls out for anybody, you know. It's, oh my god, every cop thing. That she did annoyed the hell out of me because it's like that is not how you're supposed to do things as a police officer, in an especially in a situation like that. It was so unrealistic. It just felt like she was a random lady that walked by and found a gun on the floor on the ground and walked into the house to see what's going on. Was not cop like at all. I hated it. Yeah, I just, again, just want to apologize one last time. I hate podcasts that get fucking negative and shit. It makes me turn it off so fast. So I I hate it. I hate being, I hate it that I hated it. But, yeah. You won't find Jason on the movie Defenders anytime soon. Not for this fucking movie. I can't find it. I mean, yeah. Nope. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. <laughs> I I really like the original film. Uh Going into it, and you know, I know what I was getting into going into it. You know, I knew enough about the films from that era, and I always found it fascinating because I can remember back then when these movies were coming out, boom, 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 one right after another from from France, and from because I just remember it being such a big deal at the time because the French were never known for ever making re- horror movies. Really, there was never a genre of films came, that came out of, uh, came from the French. So now all of a sudden there's these French filmmakers that are trying to go over the top with their, with their horror, uh, with the, with these particular films. 
Uh, I was really fascinated by it, but this is one of them I never got around to. Um, and just, you know, right out of the gate from that poster, you should also know what you're getting into. Uh, you know, and yeah, just, you know, fuck scissors, man. But, uh, um, I mean, I like, I like a movie that's got a lot of gore, you know, even if there isn't a lot of other substance, if it can, you know, keep me, keep me going, keep me entertained, keep my attention, whatever the case may be. I look at it like a roller coaster, you know, I don't. I don't get on a roller coaster. I don't get on roller coasters at all. But you don't get on a roller coaster, um, you know, t- to you know get a good story. You 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 want the thrills. You want the loop de loops. You want you know, and that's that's what gore films are for me. Um, you know, it's the roller coaster thrill ride. Uh, and then there's the the artist in me that like you know studies those. Like, how did they do that? You know, stuff like that. But Oh, completely isolated. Those effects, those gore shit was fucking crazy. Oh, yeah. Good good stuff. Good stuff there. How did they make a CG baby pop out of her mouth? Oh, I forgot about that dream sequence. <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of bad. Yeah, CG baby. A little rough, but it was a neat way to start the film, too. Yeah. But, well, Jason, what did you think of, like, since you watched them in reverse order, yeah. did... Did you like the French one any better? Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Okay, I like if I could give it zero stars, and I did. I was so mad at that remake, but the the French one I liked a lot more. I thought it gave more explanation. It still wasn't satisfactory enough for me, but like there was a little more, and I knew the ending. That's why it didn't. Oh, the not telling you why this girl. So then I knew from the beginning that, well, she was in this car wreck. So like, I that's, so it that's changed interesting it. to think about it too because I was wondering that because you know for me it was the reverse. I watched the French one and then I watched the the remake and you know instantly turn up my nose at the remake because I want is it because I watched the French one first? So that's what I was really curious about your interpretation. Oh no, it's a watered down piece of shit. Okay. I mean, I thought the the bad girl was interesting. I thought she tried real hard to be a badass, and you know, I just didn't, I just didn't believe why she was there. Or knew, you know, I was like, I just hated that part, and the girl was fine, and all that. But I think I, I liked both pregnant girls. I thought they both yeah. did great and all, but and yeah, I liked it better because it, I don't know, I just it felt. Um, a little more developed, a little more smooth, but there's still yeah. plenty of things that, yeah, better, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't even think about the fact, though, that, uh, yeah, maybe liking the French one better because you already know the, oh, I don't want to call it a twist, but the little the surprise reveal, ending, yeah. the reveal. It helped me. But I'm glad you realized that because my biggest problem with the remake for me is that I feel like there is a, was a purpose for the movie, for the French movie inside, whether you like it or not. Um, that's up to you. But the remake m- did not get it, did not get what the filmmaker's intent of this movie was supposed to be. It's like, you know, it's like, I don't know, making a 
Trying to think of a movie to remake here. Uh, remaking The Godfather and turning it into a teen sex comedy. You know, it's it's like you're missing the mark. Yeah, wasn't that drastic, but... Right, yes. yeah. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything but, else. But watered down is an easy way to say it. It was just, they took... Yeah, they, they couldn't have replicated the extreme gore. No. And that's the main thing that original had. Sorry. Yeah. Did you? Thanks, Tad. Did is all you I'm have saying. More to say on this, Tad? I, I don't yeah. know. I felt like we were no, broke out in uh, conversation. I just remember people being stoked about the remake because it's written by the same mm. screenwriter that did Wreck, uh, Wreck Two, uh, Wreck Four. Like, did a lot of these pretty decent movies, but they also did the American reboots of those movies, Quarantine and whatever. So I don't know. Um, I like I said, this was out at a time where like that whole wave of movies. I loved it. I loved High Tension. I loved you know all that era of even. I think the Descent came around that time. Not the same country or anything, but yeah, just like an extremely gory, intense, fun movie to watch with friends and freak them out and love it. Yeah. Cool. I got cool. got some trivia if you want to hear about it from the. I don't have any trivia on the remake. There was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's but yeah, let's hear some trivia on the OG. The movie was actually shot in chronological order. They hmm. just put a pregnant lady in the house and let this woman go after. Her. I'd have um, to think for continuity's sake, you would almost have to. Yeah, you know, with the blood splatters on walls and stuff. Yeah, her makeup got pretty inconsistent with you know her slash and. In the remake, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. In Spain, uh, it didn't have a theatrical release until 2016, nine years after the movie was made. The film was released in Barcelona for two days in, in a subtitled version on 35 millimeter. Um, in 2012, there was also a premiere in Madrid for three days in a subtitled version. The official release came in February 2020. Hmm. Um, and then, uh, in the scene where the three policemen check on Sarah, you can see that the house number is six, six, six. Did anyone catch that? No, I did not. Nice. And that's all the trivia for that one. And like I said, the American one has nothing. Interesting. Okay. So right on that. It has nothing. (laughs) Really? Well, you messaged me and was like, this is so stupid. I'm like, I own this movie. I love it. And you're like, I'm sorry. And then I looked on your letterbox. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. Oops. All right. So that is it, folks, for the films for this topic. But there is still more show to come. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back... We will finish off the show with our last two segments. But first, you're going to hear a promo for our podcast network, the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. The PFPN is home to so many great shows, such as our, such as our newest show, Earbuds. Woo. Two lifelong best friends. Two greatly different tastes in music. <laughs> uh, what could go wrong? Each week, comedians Joe... Uh, Joey Laboda. Joey Laboda. <laughs> yeah. And Landon Sheets take turns choosing a favorite album for the other to listen to. You could check out the new show and all the other great shows at thepfpn.com. We'll be right back. 
You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the show. And now it's time to hear from you guys, the listeners. Here's Jason with Shoutouts. It's time for Shoutouts! Well, we asked, what are your favorite horror movies featuring babies? Babies. And they had a lot better picks than what we watched, Uh, They definitely did. Like attacker Casey Calderman says, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. There's some baby action in there. A memorable baby scene, for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, Attacker Lisa from Bad Movie Bunny Podcast. She's got a good one. A really good one. The Brood. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ripping open placentas with your teeth. The only <laughs> way to do it. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, we got Brian Clark. The It's Alive trilogy. Heck yeah. Hex to the yeah. Baby Blood. I don't know that one. Dead Alive. Yes. Fuck yes. You want to talk about a God movie that's it. just for gore sake. That's okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't want to be born. Devil Fetus. I'd say, is that a statement or um, <laughs> after a movie? This, after this episode. Uh, and The Demon's Baby. Okay. All staples in the Clark household. Mm-hmm. Up next, we got Chris Anderson. Oh, great pick. Uh, Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. And the So Bad It's Good Devil's Do. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Attacker Bill Fisher. You know him. Yeah. Dead Alive has the single best zombie baby scene ever filmed. I trust his taste in movies now. <laughs> uh, reference earlier. Uh, we got I was going to say, did, didn't he do uh, what Santa Shark? Was that him? Oh, or Rod? Bill. I don't remember. God damn it. We got Attacker Emily. She says, a quiet place. Yep. Some good scenes. Yeah. Oh, you want to talk about an intense baby yeah. scene? Fuck yeah. The unborn. Anything for Jackson. Oh, that's yeah. I remember yeah. that one. Yeah. yeah. And one epic scene in Feast Two. Nope. <laughs> nope. Come on, Mike. <laughs> I, I, I need to rewatch it where I'm not so sensitive about that I, now. I remember it shook you pretty hard. Well, it didn't help too that you know my son is around that age and I am away from him for a month straight making collapse and I'm watching it in our hotel room all by myself. Yep. So yeah, it Whoops. didn't help. Yeah. <laughs> Up next we got the Reapster. Reapster. Going a bit outside the box here. And uh, the adorable little baby xenomorph in Alien. And, of course, the baby demon in Demons 2. Yes. Nice. Xenomorph babies. Should count. Uh, We got Attacker Brett Royer. Ooh, Feast 2 is so memorable. Gosh dang it. So is Dreamhouse and 
Automation Transfusion. The only scene I remember from that movie, a movie that you just made up, no one's ever heard of. I actually have it on oh, DVD, but I've never seen it. You would. Oh, of course. Um, then we got Attacker Abe chimes in. Brett, I didn't think of Feast 2. Great answer. <laughs> and that's the only good scene in Automation Transfusion or Automaton. Oh, I've been reading that wrong. Automaton Transfusion. The rest was painful. You didn't forget. You blocked it out. <laughs> uh, we got Jacob McLaughlin says Eraserhead takes the top yeah. spot. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm, of I'm embarrassed I didn't think of that one for the list. He says, I already didn't want children, and that movie solidified it. I feel like we got to do like a part two now and include some of these because they thought yeah. some great ideas. Oh, oh yeah. He's got some more. He says, my other favorites include The Brood, Brain Dead, The Witch, Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. The Vich. The, the, the Vich. Candyman. Oh, no. Basket Case 3. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ma- Bunch of little baby Blyles. Mad God. Okay. Yeah. Just, okay. Yeah. Uh, Demons 2, Krampus, and Gorgo. Oh, I don't know Gorgo. Gorgo. Oh. 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 That's the, uh, that's the, giant, that's the giant monster movie. From the 60s? Yep. That's it. Nailed it. Oh, and then Brian Clark's back. He says, ooh. Eraserhead reminds me I forgot to mention Combat Shock. Oh, my God, yeah. One of the most unrelenting, bleak, non-sploitation movies out there. Yep. That sounds like a romp. Let's never put that on a list, huh? Yeah, you will hate it beyond hate. Yeah. Well, that's uh, all we had. Nothing on Instagram, Twitter, or threads, but we do have a voicemail. Hey, everybody. It's Packer Brian here for my bi-weekly phone call, and it sounds like the podcast crew is talking about horror movies with babies. And if any of you have kids, you know, life with babies is very horrific. <laughs> but if we're talking about movies, two of my favorites are Mystics in Bali. Vampire, witch, weird, overseas. It's got babies in it because the vampire attaches its, detaches its body with its organs intact along with its head and feeds on babies by sucking them out of women's vaginas. (laughs) Isn't that what we all do for fun? And then the second one, probably one of the hardest movies to watch because the cry of the baby in the movie just eats at you the whole movie is combat shock from Toma. I think I nightmares and heard that baby's cry in my dreams for months after I watched that movie. And I'm probably going to have PTSD after talking about it. And if we're talking (laughs) about babies, I'm calling out Rod Hutchinson. You need to call and leave a voicemail because I'm sick. I'm being the only one that leaves a voicemail, Rod. <laughs> you're making fun of me in the attacker's chat. And if you're a Patreon supporter, you get in that chat, and you can watch Rod make fun of me and give me a hard time. <laughs> but until then, take care. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye. Thanks, Godzilla. And you're right, Rod, and all you guys out there 
Leave us a voicemail. Don't let Brian hang by himself there. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to how focused he was this week. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He, he was not slurring his words. He was not drunk. Uh, be like <laughs> Brian. <laughs> and call out your friends. And yes. call us at 415 952 6857. That's 415 95 AOTKP. Leave us that voicemail. We'll play it on the show. That's shout outs. But we're not done yet. One more segment to go. Here we are with Insane Speaks. After we watched The Pope's Exorcist a little while back, I've been wanting to check out other Exorcist films that are just as good as Pope's Exorcist. And I found one from 1991, and it's called Teenage Exorcist. Yeah! Teenage Exorcist. I know you don't mean that. That's why it's so funny. (laughs) Teenage Exorcist is directed by Grant Austin Waldman and written by, co-written by, Brink Stevens herself and produced by Fred Olin Ray. The film stars Brink Stevens, Annie Deason, Michael Berryman, Jay Richardson, Tom Shell, and Robert Quarry. Brink Stevens plays Diane, a grad student who um, who rents a spooky old house from a creepy realtor, played by Michael Berryman. Unfortunately for Diane, a demon resides within her basement. Diane gets possessed, and her sister Sally, along with her husband Mike, and Diane's boyfriend Jeff, all come to the house to check up on Diane, only to be attacked by the newly possessed Diane. They summon a priest, Father McFerrin, played by Robert Corey, to handle the situation. Realizing he's in over his head, Father McFerrin uh, attempts to call an exorcist, but calls the wrong number and unwittingly places an order for the local pizza parlor. When the pizza delivery boy, Eddie, played by Eddie Deason, arrives at the house, it's up to him and the rest of the gang to destroy the demon and save Diane. It's one of those limited to one location, padded by bad humor, uh, which really highlights the ultra-low budget um, but that's what gives these type of films its charm. Uh, the highlights of this film, of course, is Brink Stevens, who I've always felt really deserved more mainstream recognition. Mm-hmm. I also really found that I like a lot Jay Richardson, who plays the the husband of the sister. Uh, he's got all the funniest moments in this film, and his comedy timing is great. Uh, he was also equally entertaining in Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, so I'm quickly becoming a Jay Richardson fan. <clears throat> the movie does seem to kind of lose its focus in the middle as it kind of wanders around a bit, uh, like they didn't know what to do or where to go. Um, but overall, it's, it's I think it's pretty funny, you know, full of a lot of like cringy jet dad jokes, but are delivered great. Um, and it, it's very entertaining. Uh, it's got a cool-looking de- uh, low-budget demon makeup in the end. Uh, you can find this movie on Tubi. And if you like any of those like low-budget horror comedies from the late 80s, early 90s, you know the films of people like Fred Olin Ray, David Dakota, and, and Rick Sloan, I highly recommend Teenage Exorcist, even if there isn't a single teenager in the whole movie. <laughs> 
I'm just glad that uh, you said after watching the Pope's Exorcist that you didn't go on a Pope's movie, a Pope movie spree. <laughs> instead. Oh, okay. That's why you woohooed. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. So that's it, folks. It's time to put this baby to bed. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. I should have known it wasn't over. That's it for this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Uh, we've been fed, burped, changed, and put down for our naps. So, But fear not, listeners. We'll be back in a couple weeks, unless you're an attacker, and you get to hear us again next week. And you, too, can hear us again next week by going to jointheattackers.com. Be sure to check us out on all the socials. Uh, you got the Facebooks, the TikToks, the Threads, X, Instagram, and our YouTube channel. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please, do it. Do it now. We keep adding more and more content all the time, especially now that we've got the recastings on there, and you can go back and hear all those again. So thanks for listening, everybody, and we will talk to you all again soon on the next episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Oh no, could this be the end of? <laughs> Attack of the Killer Podcast.